the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. In spite of how I feel, in spite of how I'm cast down, I'm still going to praise the Lord. In spite of my circumstances, I'm still going to praise Him. That's how we want to respond, right? That's what we want to get to. Where we just continue to praise God during the difficulties in life and during the hard times. Just like Jeremiah here. He needed healing, he needed salvation, he needed deliverance, but he was still praising God. Oftentimes, our situation can make us doubt the Lord and his goodness. We tend to have thoughts like, if God is good, why is he allowing this? Or simply, God isn't good anymore. But in today's message, Pastor Dan will remind you that the Lord's goodness is not contingent on our circumstances. It's through the storms and the trials of life that God shows us more about Himself and ourselves. God uses hard times to teach us more and more about how His goodness is not dependent on smooth sailing. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 17 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. talking about those who get riches, but not rightly. They get it through deception, or they get it through scheming. And he compares it to a partridge, which is a bird. Uh, A partridge will uh, sit on eggs that it didn't lay and brood over them, and then hatch these chicks. And at some point, the chicks will realize that this partridge isn't my mom. And the chicks will leave. And so here you have this partridge that's going to spend all that time brooding over these eggs and caring for them. They hatch, and then at some point, those baby chicks will realize, this is not my mother, and and they'll reject the partridge, and they'll leave, and that partridge is left with nothing. And here the meaning of this proverb is that the person who gets rich by unjust means will eventually lose it. And we'll look foolish. And he's talking here too about it. You know, if you, you put in the time, you put in the work, you put in the energy to make this money by scamming people. And then at some point, you'll lose the money. And it's not really worth all the effort. Because you're going to lose it anyways. And he says here, uh, you know, uh, the, the riches will leave him in the midst of his days or at, at midlife. And so maybe for this person... Uh, they're able to scam people for maybe even years, maybe 20 years. You know, they, they get pretty far down the line in this thing before it catches up with them. Uh, and then 
they lose it all and they, they look foolish because now they're at, you know, 50 years old and they've lost everything because they've been scamming people all along. Now what do they do with their life? It's just better to make your money legitimately. But here, you know, the people of Judah, they're scamming each other. They're ripping each other off. And he's saying sort of like, hey, this is going to catch up with you one day. And you're going to look foolish. It goes on in verse 12 to say, a glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. Speaking of the temple there in Jerusalem, it's this glorious high throne. Throne, And he says to Judah, you know, we have this glorious high throne in Jerusalem. This that is our place of sanctuary. Why would you forsake this glorious high throne of Yahweh? Our Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be ashamed. Those who depart from me shall be written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters, the He describes the Lord Yahweh here as the hope of Israel. He's the hope of Israel. Why would would Israel forsake him? Why would you forsake your hope? He says you do it to your shame. He says their names are written in the earth. Their names are not written in heaven. They're written in the earth. Because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. Remember back in chapter 2, the Lord said you've To Judah, you've committed two evils. You've forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and you've hewn for yourself cisterns, tanks to hold water. He says they're broken cisterns that hold no water. You've exchanged this this fountain of living water, and you've replaced it with a broken cistern that leaks and doesn't hold any water. He goes on here in verse 14. Now look at, the, look at the prayer of Jeremiah in verse 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. The, the people of Judah, they trusted in man. They trusted in their own resources and their own riches. But Jeremiah, he looked to Yahweh. And Jeremiah says to Yahweh, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me. And I shall be saved. He's not trusting in anything else. He's just looking to the Lord. And then he says, for you are my praise. Even when he needed healing, even when he needed saving, Jeremiah could praise God. He's asking for healing. He's asking for salvation. But he's able to say, you're my praise. It reminds me of a a couple other verses. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 42. You don't have to turn there. But Psalm 42, there the psalmist says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. There the psalmist is cast down, their soul is cast down, their soul is disquieted within them, but they say, yet I shall praise God. I'm still going to praise Him. In spite of how I feel, in spite of how I'm cast down, I'm still going to praise the Lord. In spite of my circumstances, I'm still going to praise Him. That's how we want to respond, right? That's what we want to get to, where we just continue to praise God during the difficulties in life and during the hard times. Just like Jeremiah here. He needed healing. He needed salvation. He needed deliverance. 
but he was still praising God. You know, there's another verse uh, that you can jot down. Uh, Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. Listen to what Habakkuk says. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And even if everything fails in my life, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Isn't that where you want to be? Right? When those times come in life. When those trials come. It's nice to read about them. I I would rather read about them than actually go through them. But we got to go through them. And when we go through them, you know, I want to be the person who says, Yet I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Even though everything's caving in around me, I'm just going to rejoice in the Lord and praise Him. That's Jeremiah here. He's just praising the Lord. Look at verse 15. Indeed, they say to me, well, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. You know, Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah ministered for over 40 years. For over 40 years, he was telling the people that if they don't repent, judgment's coming. And he kept telling them and telling them and telling them and telling them year after year after decade after decade. And finally, the the people just thought, well, it hasn't happened. Jeremiah doesn't know what he's talking about. Jeremiah's full of it. And so people started mocking Jeremiah, saying, well, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. what's What's holding things up, Jeremiah? Why hasn't God judged us yet? What's God waiting for? You keep telling us he's going to judge us and nothing's happened. You know, uh, we see a similar passage in the New Testament, the Second Peter chapter 2, or chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 to 9, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last day, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, well, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were before uh, from the beginning of creation, which is not true. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but he is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There Peter tells us that in the last days there will be scoffers, there will be mockers, who mock the idea of Jesus Christ coming again. Well, where is he? Where is the promise of his coming? Just like in Jeremiah's day, where they're saying, well, you know, where where is it, Jeremiah? Where's this, this, you know, word of the Lord? Let it come now. Why hasn't it happened yet? 
And in the last days, there'll be mockers who mock the second coming of Jesus Christ. And what we're told in Peter is that the reason that the Lord has delayed his return is because he's long-suffering. And he's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance and salvation. He, he's waiting for more people to get saved instead of judged. And so Jeremiah, he's dealing with these mockers in his day. They're saying to him, well, where is the word of the Lord? Let it, let it come now. What's God waiting for? And then he goes on here in verse 16. Jeremiah says, as for me, I have not hurried away from being a shepherd who follows you, nor have I desired the woeful day. You know what came out of my lips. It was right there before you. Here Jeremiah says to the Lord, hey, I haven't tried to escape the calling that you put on my life, even though it's a difficult calling. Uh, He he goes on to say, uh, I haven't desired the woeful day. You know what has come out of my lips. It was right there before you. You know, he was faithful to declare declare God's word to his people, even though it was difficult. It's like, uh, like the Apostle Paul in the New Testament in Acts chapter 20 when he meets with the leaders of the church in Ephesus for for the last time before he's executed. Uh, And he says to them, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I've told you everything that God said. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Jeremiah is saying a similar thing here. I've been faithful to declare all that you've told me to say to them. Do not be a terror to me, verse 17. You are my hope in the day of doom, day of judgment. Let them be ashamed who persecute me, verse 8. But do not let me be put to shame, Let them be dismayed, but do not let me be dismayed. Bring on them the day of doom and destroy them with double destruction. In other words, give them what they deserve is what he means there. And now beginning in verse 19, the Lord has Jeremiah call the people of Jerusalem back to observing the Sabbath day. Uh, The Sabbath was a sign between of the relationship between the children of Israel and the Lord God, Yahweh. But the children of Israel stopped observing the Sabbath. They stopped keeping the Sabbath, which said they really didn't care about their relationship with Yahweh. They weren't interested in taking one day a week to spend it with the Lord. Uh, They they weren't committed uh, to the Lord that much. And so... The Lord asked them now at the end of verse of the end of chapter 17 here uh, to renew their commitment 
to their relationship to him. And they could show that, that commitment by observing the Sabbath day. Now look at verse 19. Thus the Lord said to me, go and stand in the gate of the children of the people by which the kings of Judah come in and by which they go out and in all the gates of Jerusalem. So he tells Jeremiah, go stand in the gate of the city of Jerusalem. Go to the gate that the king uses to go in and out of the city and then go to all the gates of Jerusalem. So you can picture this as he's standing in the gate of the city and people are coming in and out of the city. He says to them, hear the word of the Lord, you kings of Judah and all Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem who enter by these gates. Thus says the Lord, take heed to yourselves and bear no burden on the Sabbath day. Remember, the Sabbath day was supposed to be a day of rest. It's a day off. From work. So he says, bear no burden on the Sabbath day, nor bring it in by the gates of Jerusalem. They're bringing their goods in to sell them in Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And the market should be closed on the Sabbath day. Nobody's working or nobody's supposed to work. But the stores are open, the markets are open, people are bringing their goods in to the city to sell them. Verse 22 nor carry a burden out of your houses on the Sabbath day, nor do any work but hallow the Sabbath day, as I commanded your fathers. Verse 23, but they did not obey, nor incline their ear, but made their necks stiff, that they might not hear nor receive instruction. And so... He, he sends Jeremiah to the gates of the city to ask the people to observe the Sabbath day and to stop working on the Sabbath day and to make the Sabbath day holy. And the people weren't willing to do this. You know, this is um, what, what's happening here. And I want you to understand what's happening here. Uh, this, is, this is like a marriage here. You know, where, where God is the husband, Yahweh is the husband, and the people of Israel are his, are his bride, his wife. And this is like a marriage, though, that's in trouble. They've got marriage troubles. And the husband asks his wife here in this marriage, or you could flip it, the wife asks the husband, but the husband asks the wife, will you do this one thing for the health of our relationship? to try to uh, bring us back together, to try to uh, help repair and improve our relationship. And what the husband is asking the wife to do, or the wife is asking the husband to do, however you want to look at it, it's not really that big of a thing. All, all that he's asking of his wife is, can we go on a date once a week? We just have one day together where we just spend some time together, just you and me. It's not a big deal. It's not like, it's not like uh, she's, he's saying, like, I want you to give up all your friends and all your hobbies and, or whatever. No, just, could we just have one day together, just you and me, just spend some time together uh, as, as husband and wife, and the spouse refuses to do just that one thing. 
This spouse says, I'm, no, I'm not interested. I'm not going to do that one thing. I'm not going to do one thing to improve the relationship. In that illustration, the spouse is not interested in trying to heal the marriage. The spouse is not interested in trying to work on the marriage at all. And you would say that to someone. If you were counseling someone in that situation and you said, hey, just ask them, ask him if he'll just go on a date with you. And if he says, no, I'm not, I'm not even willing to go on a date with you. But he's, he's not interested in you anymore. Right? I mean, it's, he, he's just not even interested in trying to work on the marriage at all. The people of Judah weren't even willing to try to work on the relationship with Yahweh. They weren't even willing to take a day off. To take one day out of the week. Just one day. That's all. It's always that. Just give me one day out of the week where you're not doing any work. You're just spending that time with me. And they refused to even give him one day. But look, he goes on. In verse 24. The Lord says, And it shall be, if you heed me carefully, says the Lord, to bring no burden through the gates of this city on the Sabbath day, but hallow the Sabbath day to do no work in it, then shall enter the gates of this city kings and princes sitting on the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses, they and their princes, accompanied by the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and this city shall remain forever. And they shall come from the cities of Judah and from the places across around Jerusalem, from the land of Benjamin and from the lowland and from the mountains and from the south, the Negev. And they'll bring burnt offerings and sacrifices and grain offerings and incense, bringing sacrifices of praise to the house of the Lord. But if you will not heed me, to hallow the Sabbath day, such as not carrying a burden when entering the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle a fire in its gates, and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem, and it shall not be quenched. And I want, I want you to see what God's doing here. What God says to them, he doesn't, he doesn't say, you have to keep all 613 laws. If you keep all 613 laws in the law of Moses, then I'll bless you. Here's what God says at this point in the relationship with Judah. He says, if you just do this one thing for me, if you'll just do this one thing, you'll just keep the Sabbath. You'll just stop working on the Sabbath. If you just do that one thing, I will bless you and I will preserve you. As a nation. I'm just, I'm just asking you just to do one thing. And they won't do it. They're not willing to do it. It's just, it's just why he's just asking one thing. And they're not willing to do it. And he says here. Hey man, if, if, if you just keep the Sabbath. I'll bless you. I'll preserve you as a nation. I'll keep you. I'll prosper you as a nation. Forever. But if you don't, he says in verse 27, well, then he's going to bring judgment. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. 
book of Jeremiah entails many prophecies given to the people of Israel, but they weren't just commands of judgment and consequence. Within these pages, Jeremiah gives insight into the coming promises that Jesus would offer by coming and fulfilling a new covenant of redemption for all people. What's interesting is that Jeremiah poured his heart and soul out as he wrote this book. It wasn't just a dry dissertation of what people should do or what should come about. Jeremiah was a living and breathing person during the time of siege and exile, and he felt deeply for the people and nation he was a part of. His empathy for his kinsmen should resonate with you as you're part of a larger group of people in a nation and ultimately part of God's family. Is there a stirring within you to see those who are lost come to have a saving knowledge of Christ? If so, you might be able to relate to Jeremiah more than you thought. If you're enjoying this series through the book of Jeremiah and would like to hear more teachings, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. In addition to listening to these teachings, you can access more information about the church behind this ministry. Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. As a church, our heart is geared towards spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with. And we welcome anyone to worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. For service times and location, check out calvaryec.com. Thanks for joining us today. Next time, we'll continue looking at the book of Jeremiah here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and will I know because I know His voice and it only takes It's true.